Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, now they've got... Uh... Terrence Shannon right into the heart of that defense. Loose ball to Illinois coming the other way. Shannon left of the lane. Off oh. balance with a left hand. What Throws a it up shot. and in. Oh. Shannon with a degree of difficulty. About 11 on that one. Degreesel <laughs> intercepted by Shannon for the slam. Steal and flush. Shannon with two more. All right, some of the good vibes of last night for Illinois over Nebraska. Welcome in. Hour number two. We're out of the tunnel. We're out of the floor. I'm Scott Beatty, joined now by Evan Kahn. And the Illini basketball team last night taking care of business in Lincoln and thumping the Huskers 76-50. to Just kind of ran past them, and it was feast night for Terrence Shannon Jr. with a double-double. It was... Incredible night of defense for Ty Rogers and Dane Danger and uh, mostly high marks all around. Welcome into the second hour of the program. Mike Poeta coming up, the Illini wrestling coach. They're in the thick of their season as well, and they're doing quite well. We're looking forward to talking with him. Good to see you, Mr. Khan, after another late night. Yes, sir. Yawning through it, but we're 49 minutes away from making it through another day, and coming off of a win makes it a little easier. We are also feeling, I think, like the turmoil of the last few weeks of college of <laughs> Illinois men's basketball is seemingly in the rearview mirror. There's yeah, a long a, way to go. But. Yeah, but it's been a tough few days for the Brad Underwood can't coach crew, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty quiet last night. Couldn't get a whole lot of rings on the fan line after a, a 26-point win. But like you said, I, I think... Everybody, the last two games can can come away on the team feeling like they they played pretty good, and playing as a team makes you you feel better. And you see the the chemistry coming together, just the the attention to detail that that wasn't there, and, and guys having fun while doing it. I, I think the the energy and the excitement that you saw from the bench, the guys on the court, the coaching staff last night, arguably the the best that it's been all year. Seemed like there was a real commitment last night to some tough defense disciplined defense the fouls were there um but i i just <laughs> 10 kind of fouls <laughs> well it was I the same guy it was the same guy i'd love to it'd be super boring but i'm pretty sure the same ref called three-fourths of the fouls and like he'd be standing on the other side of the court just tweeting his whistle i i thought the the again the last two games illinois has done a really good job of playing defense w- without fouling i mean those offensive fouls the 
Meyer won. The kid flopped so hard he hit his head off the ground. That's what you get. Karma comes back and, and bites you. I mean, the Dane Danger, he had a mouse in the house, and they called an offensive foul just be, because he's stronger than the other guy. Uh, I mean, yeah, foul, fouls weren't, weren't much of a, a, an issue or haven't been as much of an issue the last couple of games. Well, I, I, I've got something interesting to, to bring up in that vein, and I, I'll, I'll bring it to you in a second, but just to finish this, there was just a solid commitment to to the defensive side, and then the ball movement was it was incredible, and it's amazing what happens when you pass that thing. At some point, somebody's open. Mm-hmm. That's what happened last night, and I was wondering partway through the first half, late in the first half, if there was going to be a well. They kind of did it in the first half, but they didn't in the second. They kept it up. They just. They just they were bought in last night as a team, and when they did that, Nebraska did not. For a team that beat Iowa, beat Creighton, and almost beat Purdue, and hats off to them, they just looked pedestrian. Very few easy shots from Nebraska all night. They never looked comfortable. Can never really get on, on any sort of, of a run going there, and. and on the offensive side, you saw it early, a couple guys taking shots because the first option wasn't there. Well, I'm just going to throw up this 25-foot fadeaway shot, and that wasn't working, and the game stayed close for about 10 minutes. And then you sit down, and you run through the sets, and you trust that if I give the ball up, something good's going to happen, even if it doesn't come from me. And I think you really saw that towards the end. Might have the highlight saved of it. when They got the offensive rebound, and I think everybody touched it again twice after that I mean they, they're just sharing the ball really well everybody's everybody's getting good looks everybody was getting points last night and, and it just looks like like guys are, are settling into their roles here over the last couple of games as you take a, a guy out of the rotation and a, a rotation that was arguably too deep to begin with and now everybody just kind of finds where, where they fit as far as this puzzle goes speaking of adding pieces to the puzzle Niccolo Moretti is coming aboard to play for Illinois basketball. He is joining mid-year. He is from Italy. He's been playing in Australia. Uh, this is all per reports. In his own uh, social media, it says he's he is committed. Uh, very unclear uh, what kind of role, if any, he would have in this season. I would not count on much. Um, just based on how these things usually play out, mm-hmm. to to jump on as a fresh new player midseason just usually doesn't mean there's a lot of <laughs> minutes coming your way. But he is a point guard, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Stranger things have happened. We will see. But uh, anyway, that that's of note that uh, there's room on the roster for another one. <laughs> An- another lefty, too. I saw just a, a brief highlight tape uh, of him, and looks like he, he's left-handed on top of... I've kind of lost track on the roster. You've got Harris, you've got Shannon, probably a couple more in there. But uh, this was a team with zero point guards coming into the year, and then they brought in a, a, a couple combo guards, and now it sounds like they've got a, a true point guard to put to the roster. So now Illinois men's hoops will have Michigan State in the house on Friday night for uh, a big one. And uh, we'll be talking plenty about that as we go along. Women will be in back in action on Sunday at Minnesota. They get this week off. And then they're home on Wednesday night, a week from tonight, to host Indiana in a Pack the House event. By the way, tomorrow and Friday, 
got some tickets to that mm. that we'll be giving away. So if you want to uh, make arrangements to make sure you're listening between 4 and 6 tomorrow and Friday, you might win yourself a pair of tickets. Go see the women play Indiana. How about that? Okay, this was uh, yesterday, and uh, I just caught it today. Jeff Robjohns, who writes for 247 Sports, used to be on the print side covering Indiana, uh, says this, uh, sources, multiple Big Ten basketball coaches have spoken to Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren recently about officiating issues. Ooh. There is hope in a number of circles that with the new Big Ten director of officiating, Terry Weimer, centralized organization and the addition of newer and more officials, that Big Ten officiating will improve in the future. Some conversations are about that. Some are about issues right now. He adds another one. According to sources, one of the goals of some coaches is to reduce and eliminate the, quote, tackle basketball sometimes prevalent in the Big Ten and modernize the league's overall style of play in part by consistent officiating that more mirrors how games are called in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) So, I, I don't know, are they trying to avoid a situation where we're used to one style of officiating and then uh, all of a sudden you get into a national championship game against, I don't know, maybe an ACC Blue Blood team and your big <laughs> post player is all of a sudden getting whistled for a lot of fouls that he's not used to getting called for? So you're is that te- the situation we're trying to avoid here? So you're telling me this has been going on for <laughs> over 20 years now? Uh, the What I'm reading into Jeff Rob John's uh, reporting here is that some feel like the Big Ten actually is more physical and that there's not as many whistles uh, in those situations and that is actually hurting the league when they get into the tournament. Makes sense to me. Tackle basketball. Yeah, I... I don't know if I go that far. This isn't the 80s. I, I, we, we hear Dion and Doug talk about it all the time. I mean, it is the Big Ten, but I, basketball is way cleaner than it, it used to be. There, oh, it's, yeah. That's it's, how the NBA is uh, getting along. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I Ain't no Bill should, Lambeer out there anymore. It should be good. I know I, I can't remember what the number, but there was a, a whole bunch of Big Ten referees that retired last year and I knew there was a a bunch of new ones that came in this year so can't teach an old dog new tricks so let's teach the new dogs new tricks and and try to get a a uniform calling of the games but I think that goes for for all college basketball you've got this league and that league that calls it like this and they call it like that and there's I don't even know 15 20 different conferences and and they're all officiated a a little differently yeah well Terry Weimer was a a long time guy blowing the whistle and wearing the stripes so now he's apparently the director of officiating hmm. for for the Big 10. I I don't know why you have to, I'm not saying it's wrong. I, I just why not just mix and match referees instead of conference referees. I'm not sure what are the particulars to probably uh, travel. Yeah. Maybe just kind of keep everybody yep in where they are. So anyway, the big headline uh, as it pertains to Illinois basketball other than last night's win is the addition of the Italian Niccolo Moretti. And uh, 
a little bit of a lighter week in terms of other competition, but we keep watching uh, Big Ten basketball be what it is. Is Michigan State got another win last night? I did actually see something, and I don't know when this came out. It might have been just recently, but it sounds like there's uh, some problems going on up with Northwestern football. They've opened an investigation into some hazing prop- possibly going on into the program. Uh, again, it was just a, a little blurb that I read maybe 10 minutes before we came on the air here, so I don't know how much more new information there is, but you hear hazing and you look at a 1-11 a record and a program that's kind of in a downward spiral adds up. Adam Rittenberg, apparently the one who has been on that, that uh, Northwestern is investigating allegation of hazing within the football program. Uh, was notified of the allegation after the 2022 season, and they have an independent attorney that is looking mm-hmm. into it. Well, Don't know if it's true or not, according to a statement that was given to Adam Rittenberg and ESPN. So uh, I guess we have to hold, withhold judgment there. It'd be a weird thing, though, if there was hazing on a football team, right? Yeah, that doesn't happen in sports. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um we have more coming up, and again, we're going to talk some Illinois wrestling with Mike Poeta when, uh, before the hour is out as well. There is a guy that is full of energy. <laughs> and last time we talked to him in person, he was playing ping pong mm-hmm. uh, out in downtown Champaign with us uh, to help out our friends uh, with, the, with the United Way. So uh, we're going to talk to him about some good successes going on right now. Uh, Also, good things happening with our friends at CU Under Construction. They are feeling excited right now. They have just closed on 40 lots in Urbana, Illinois, and uh, they can't wait to offer more home options for you. They were pleased to be working with uh, Iroquois Federal and the Title Center and all that to go through the closing process, and it all means more things for you. And we encourage you to check out CU Under Construction. If your home has recently gone through some damage with storms, they know how to handle that process. If you're dreaming of sunny, warm weather, we've got a little bit of that uh, today, and you're thinking about what might be like to uh, be enjoying life outside in your home with a spruced-up deck or a new look for some curb appeal, CU Under Construction can help you dream about that or maybe something in the basement that needs to get redone or walled off, whatever it is, see you under construction. They've got a whole team of experts in-house in the trade services to help get your job done. Reach out to them. See you under construction. That's cuunderconstruction.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, this is Brian Barnhart. Join me on Thursday on Penny for Your Thoughts. We'll take your phone calls, emails, and texts starting at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Right here on DWS. Sports Rocks rolls along here on this Wednesday. I'm Scott. He's Evan. We're glad you're with us. Turns out the national championship game on Monday night was one of the least watched mm-hmm. uh, national championship games. Now, the it's not just because it was a blowout. There's, right. there's probably multiple factors 
that go into it. I mean, it, George is a, a, a name. TCU isn't quite a name. Although, let's talk about the real winners this week, and that's the TCU admissions office. <laughs> well, for maybe up until kickoff. <laughs> well, right. I mean, but I, I look, my son, he's 10. He's like, Dad, what's TCU? I'm like, well, that's Texas Christian University. Well, where are they? Well, they're in Fort Worth. Oh, what's their mascot? Well, they're the Horned Frogs. Now my son knows about <laughs> TCU. And if in eight years he wants to go to TCU and they want to pay him to go there, he, uh, he can go there. <laughs> Chalk it up to that. Hey, out-of-state tuition compared to in-state tuition here in the state of Illinois honestly ain't that bad. So I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't knock it until you look into it. But that I, I makes sense to me. Like you were saying, TCU doesn't have nece- necessarily that national name brand recognition uh, that, that would bring in casual eyes uh, of the sort. And I don't think a, an upset was really something that, that people thought could have possibly happened. I saw a lot of tweets from uh, admittedly probably casual college football fans, but they were like, oh, the national championship is tonight. It, it doesn't have the broad appeal I, I think that it, it once did coming up, up into this time of year NFL pushes right up to the the college football national championship now we're into conference season for college basketball NBAs in full swing so there's plenty going on and when you don't really give people a, a compelling matchup to watch they'll find something else to do so I, yeah. it, if anything when we were talking uh, about critiquing articles that that say that this national championship was a reason for expansion in the fact that it would change the result. I think it would just add more intriguing games leading up to it. Yeah. I, I, I think you'd get higher ratings for those semifinal games than maybe you do now. And who knows if you, you do get some kind of surprise in a national championship against a, a power, then you'd see even even higher ratings. The article I read said the the aggregate of all three games in the playoff was really good. It was over twenty million uh, viewers. Well, the, but those semi games were probably the best two semis since they've switched to this format. Yeah, so you, you can't have it all, and it's not like the Super Bowl is never a dud. No, uh, we there's been good ones, there's been bad ones. I mean, when the Bears won the Super Bowl in '85, that was complete blowout. Mm-hmm. It's happened plenty of times since then. <laughs> there's also been incredible nail biting uh, games, but it also depends on the teams for the NFL that are in the Super Bowl. And, and still, the national championship doesn't even come close to comparing to what the Super Bowl is in terms of a TV television event. No. I, if they would ever get that czar of football into, I would do something different with the college football schedule. I go back to Illinois had 37 days between games. Mm-hmm. I understand the New Year's Day, but why are we waiting this long to get mm-hmm. these games? It, it it just felt like, what what are we doing here? We're just waiting around for a game that uh, it doesn't have the same punch as it used to because there's so much more focus on the college football playoff and guys opting out and transfers and coaching and early signing and and all that. Um, and, and like you said, people go, oh, oh, there's a national championship tonight. Aren't we into 2023 now? What, you know, <laughs> what, what's, what's going on? It, it just seems like it's been elongated in a way that's unnecessary. There's probably 72 good reasons why it shouldn't be any other way than it is. But <laughs> I'm just sitting out here, you know, thinking about 
what would make it more compelling? Well, it certainly loses its luster after all that time. And also the storylines don't really change from the announcement of the Bulls, which is, what, December 10th, 12th, and then the, the actual games mm. three, four weeks Sooner later. Sooner than that. It was the first weekend in December. Right, right. So so there's nothing new to talk about. You just kind of fall out as far as the, the headlines go or, or those transfer portal and, and opt-out things become more of the the story than than, than the games themselves um i i imagine like you said because of the holidays and because of finals and stuff like that it's something that that would never change but i i can't imagine that it helped having that build it's not like it's a, a dramatic pause like the extra week before the super bowl yep so anyway that's uh it was kind of a dud of a championship game but georgia was no doubt the best team and now they can talk about a three piece. <laughs> it was, and I thought it was a, a good college football season. Honestly, you yeah. you had you had questions going into championship week who was going to be the top six or the top four, and, and there were six, seven, eight teams that, that could be considered. You saw teams like Illinois and Tulane making noise in, in polls and national headlines for the first time in a long time. Jimbo Fisher brings in the number one class and falls flat on his face. That's always fun to see. Uh, it shows that, that everything doesn't always work out perfectly, as you imagine, on, on paper. And uh, I, Georgia's one, Alabama's two. Two and, and I, I think it, it's it is a, a more wide open race going forward, especially as the, the college football playoff expands, conferences change. Maybe the SEC starts playing non conference games that mean something. We'll we'll get more I- intriguing matchups in November and December and, and January. Our friend Paul Sullivan at the Chicago Tribune wrote uh, a, a what if scenario, uh, and, and he drew upon the pick play that wasn't called by on Michigan that helped Michigan win the game over Illinois and and said if 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 Illinois wins that game instead Michigan is probably still in the playoff assuming the win for them over Ohio State and all mm-hmm. that but it changes the whole seeding and it probably means TCU is a four seed so instead you get the thumping in a semifinal game <laughs> Georgia beats TCU and then it's probably Michigan and Alabama in the other one, and Michigan, he said, would Harbaugh its way into the championship, and then you have a maybe more in a different <laughs> whole thing. But you know what? The two semis, like you said, were just outstanding football games. The matchups were, were perfect on paper. I thought Michigan and TCU matched up really well. Arguably the two best teams in the nation in Ohio State and Georgia as far as talent goes, and you got to, to match them up, and they went right down to the wire. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't have drawn it up much better. Yeah, but it just goes to show you there is – several great football teams in college football and then there's one maybe two elite football teams yep and everybody else is is kind of long for the ride there's just some tears here and you you, georgia's in a whole different class right now it's the class that alabama had and clemson had for a little bit and ohio state's flirted with well, and, and you saw it when they were going over. We were, we were talking earlier this week. I mean, Georgia's got a 300-pound freshman defensive tackle from Texas. They've got a guy that would be starting on most NFL teams at tight end and uh, in, in Bowers, and he's from California. They just go and get the best players there are in the nation. It doesn't matter about pipeline state. Oh, we've got to get Georgia. Oh, we've got to get Illinois. It's like, no, we're going to go get the best players. We're going to put them all together, and we're going to win some football games. 
When we come back, we will get into some wrestling, wrestling, grappling, however you want to call it. Mike Poeta from Illinois Wrestling will help us under uh, help us uh, get a look at their season so far and a big matchup with Purdue on Saturday at State Farm Center. We continue with Sports Talk, switching into another winter sport that's in full swing and will be in action at the State Farm Center on Saturday. It's Illinois Wrestling. Second-year coach Mike Poeta joins us now in studio, which I really appreciate. Look, this is not a complaint. Coaches are busy in season. We don't often get them in studio (laughs) in season, so I really appreciate you making some time here with us. No, it's it's not a problem. This is actually like the morning the start of the day we actually have practice after this nope oh really yeah so tonight we're practicing at at 7 p.m uh you just said we're wrestling purdue at 7 p.m so we have to make sure our bodies know how to wrestle at 7 p.m so there's different throughout the day you're just you have energy at at different times and you got to make sure at seven o'clock no matter what you're ready to go so today's like kind of a simulation day of all day the anticipation of waiting for a practice and then being able to wrestle a great match at nighttime. <laughs> I think wrestling is one of the most pay attention to what's going on with your body uh, kind of sports. So how do you do that? I mean, do you want guys up early moving around on when you have a night meet? Do you want them sleeping in till noon? What do you want them doing? And so I, I want them getting enough sleep. Sleep is, is so important. Uh, but what they should do is in the morning, get up and move around. Um, not just lay around all day. They probably weren't, wouldn't perform as well. So we usually around 10, 11 o'clock get them together and they do something really light. I would almost like uh, compare it to like yoga, like just some kind of stretching, real loose type of thing, get their bodies moving. And uh, the, only guy, the only reason guys would do more than that is if they're overweight. You don't want to do too much the day of, but if you're if you can't make your weight, you got to get it off. Uh huh. <laughs> so in that case, you got to do what you got to do to even have a chance to. Yeah. To, you to, you to don't compete. weigh in, you don't wrestle. Mm-hmm. How when does the weigh in happen? One hour before you compete, and the reason they did that is because they wanted to, to stop people wrestlers from cutting too much weight. They didn't want people to do it dangerously because if you weigh in too early, uh, you'll have a lot of time to recover. So they want to make it where you can't cut too much weight because there's not a lot of time to recover, so you wouldn't be able to perform. So it's like you weigh in at six, and if you cut too much weight where it was dangerous, you will not be able to wrestle. You're going to be hurting too bad. So they try to keep the weigh-in really close to when you compete, so you have to do it safely. Mike Poeta is with us here, Illinois wrestling coach. This has been a different season than last season, and it looks like uh, positive vibes. Uh, how do you see it? Uh, I was telling the team in the preseason, um, for me, I'm just very curious. I, I know how talented we are. I'm curious when the rest of the world is going to know. And I, I was thinking like that and saying it like that just because we have a really young team. We have a lot of freshmen and sophomores. So uh, I was curious to when they would start believing in themselves, when they would start realizing that they belong at the table. And November and early December, they, uh, uh, my curiosity was, uh, was still there because it hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, we were, and we weren't wrestling very well. And I would say December 3rd, when we wrestled Pitt, it was in the wrestling, in, in my life in wrestling, it was one of the most humiliating days of my life 
we they they beat us up that day and the the unfortunate part was we had to wait a month to redeem ourselves that was the longest stretch in our season but uh uh, March, or sorry, uh, December 29th and 30th rolls around. It was a big tournament in Chicago, probably the toughest tournament in college wrestling. And we wrestled great, had a great showing. And then one week later, this past weekend, uh, Friday night, we go to Carver Hawkeye Arena. We're wrestling Iowa. They're ranked second in the country. Historically, they've been one of the best teams for about 50 years now. Yeah. <laughs> and we made them sweat. It was 5-5 in matches. It came down to heavyweight. And, uh, after the duel and this was just from our wrestling there was no chirping there was nothing uh uh additional they ran off and didn't shake our hands because they they were it's i guess it's uh i could take it as an insult but we brought it to them so so much that night that they just turned and ran away like babies (laughs) (laughs) mike point is here with us on sports talk Mm -hmm. well as you talk about the early season i guess there was tournaments and duels and then you you had a little bit of a a break are are there sections to your season do you feel like once you get into conference and these duels that, that guys really start getting into form here as you turn into the new year yeah this is the time where now it's all the big 10 duels it's a grind. The Big Ten is by far the best conference in wrestling. Um, I think the way people talk about SEC football, like overall as a conference, mm-hmm. I think the the Big Ten in wrestling overshadows that by a million. It is it is all the top teams in the Big Ten, and it's a grind and it's tough. the The positive thing is we are peaking at at the correct time. We didn't peak too early. That might have been a problem in the past for our program. It's coming out to such a hot start, uh, but I feel like we're we're catching stride at the right moment. And, and so as you're getting into to conference play, you talk about having so, some young wrestlers. Does experience matter or maybe just being it, going in there w- without the experience, not knowing so much or just going out there and wrestle? Do you, do you have an advantage on either side? Uh, yeah, like I guess potentially you can be overlooked if you're still kind of an up and comer. I think experience is is really big. Uh, so there will be some freshmen and some sophomores that haven't been through this Big Ten dual season and this grind. But I just know where our guys' heads are at and where their confidence is at. And I'm really looking forward to these duels coming up. Is it much of a change from what they're used to wrestling before they, they get to college? Is the, the schedule and the grind, is it it's similar or is there, there much difference? It's way different at this level. There's nowhere to hide. I mean, every every competition, everywhere you look, even in our practice room, that you're wrestling multiple times state champs. You're wrestling the person that was the superstar in their hometown. Where when they're, they're wrestling in high school, they probably, if they wrestle 40 matches a year, 30 of them, they could probably just wake up from a nap, go out there, pin the kid, and then get off the mat. Mm-hmm. Where now in college wrestling you have to get up and you have to be on for all your matches everybody's tough everybody's a multiple time state champ everybody is is extremely talented um so that's probably the the biggest difference maker high school and college is there's literally nowhere to hide everyone's good ed edmund ruth yeah has won 18 straight uh and 20 matches total and his brother edward ruth is one of your assistant coaches mm-hmm. and one of his assistant coaches. How does that work? <laughs> Do you want me to talk about their oldest brother, Eddie? <laughs> I'll stop it. Really? Eddie. Is this like a George Foreman deal? It's a it's a George Foreman deal, but I think with a cooler spin that it all starts out the same, but then it's a unique finish <laughs> on it. Oldest brother's Eddie. 
uh, coaches. Ed Word, wrestler on the team right now, is Edmund. Um, Edmund is doing fantastic for us. Uh, talk about icing on the cake of bringing in one of the best assistant coaches in the country. As great as that would have been just by itself, he brings along his little brother, which I did, at the time didn't know that his brother would transfer and want to come. Hmm. Uh, so icing on the cake, his little brother joins the program and he has been amazing for us. I couldn't tell you, uh, I can't tell you enough how proud I am. He is nearly impossible to score on. I think if the three of us in here all tried to take him down, he'd probably stop it. Um, he's doing great. I think he has, I think he might have the longest winning streak this season in, in the NCAA. At yeah. 17, 18 in a row after that first loss. And, and, do you have to have a conversation with, okay, how's this going to work because he's your brother? How are we going to do this coaching thing? Well, it's pretty funny. So he, Ed Mind will not listen to a word that Coach Ed says. It's like a parent. <laughs> he, I mean, Ed might as well not even waste his breath. Uh, during matches, he's pretty quiet because he knows, it like a parent kind of, It's he does not listen to him. So Ed... Coach Ed, if he really wants to to hammer in on some kind of point, he'll probably tell me to tell. <laughs> There's no little brother in the world that listens to his big brother. That's probably a, a, a universal. And then Zach Braunagle, he looks like he's also becoming a star for you. And this week, uh, what rewarded with Big Ten Wrestler of the Week and NCAA Wrestler of the Week. So what's been key for his success? Couldn't, couldn't be more proud of him. Um, he's just tenacious. Uh, on Online, they call him, well, they call both Danny and Zach, not the Braunigles, but the Brawl Niggles. <laughs> and that's what they do. They go out there and it's, you're going to walk off the mat wrestling a Braunigle, win or lose, going, I never, ever want to see that person on the mat ever again. They're just, they're just tough. They eat concrete for breakfast kind of kids. <laughs> and Zach has just, he's been wrestling with a lot of confidence. And he put together great Midlands this past weekend. He beat the returning NCAA finalist. Uh, the guy from Wisconsin that he beat was a world champion last year. So this, he was not playing around over the weekend. He beat two of the best guys in the country slash world. And he is, he's wrestling free. He's wrestling great. How do you help these guys with their confidence or, or maybe more importantly, when they're not confident, there's nobody to lean on. It's just you against this other guy out there. You can't, well, I, we can compensate, we can scheme around, whatever, because there's not four, five, ten other players on the floor to help you in competition, right? It's just you and, and, and this other guy. So how do you help that guy in, in, in their headspace if it's not right? We do a, a lot of sports like, like strategies, techniques. We meditate all the time as a team. Today for recovery this morning, they had to sit in a cold tub and then they had adult coloring books and they colored yeah. after. But we do a lot of stuff that's just like mental health related that puts them in a better space because it's not necessarily just sports psych, just a better mental space any wrestler or any athlete's in, they're just gonna perform better. So we, we uh, do a lot of extra things on a regular basis that's gonna put them in uh, just a healthier space in life in their head and that carries over to the wrestling. And then I think our relationship as coaches with the wrestlers goes a long way because how tight-knit we are. And I think the wrestlers on the mat, when they look over in the corner, they have guys that they have a lot of trust in, in myself, Ed, Isaiah, Jeremy Hunter, and I think their performance increases just by the relationship of, hmm. of who's in the corner. Uh, two phrases that I didn't know I would hear tonight talking to you is eats concrete for breakfast and <laughs> adult coloring book. And I, I <laughs> applaud you for both of them. Thank you. <laughs> I, I want to go back to Zach just for a, a second. 
NCAA qualifier last year, but he moves up a, a weight class. What went into that? We have a really talented freshman. His name's Dylan Connell. Him and Zach are both 184 pounders, mm-hmm. and we we needed them both in the lineup. They them at the same weight means someone sitting on the bench. So over the summer, I told him we're. I go, Dylan, what weight do you want to wrestle? 184. Zach, what weight do you want to wrestle? 184. I'm like, okay, that's not solved. Um, (laughs) So uh, I didn't want to wait until right now for them to be in shape for uh, a wrestle off Mm -hmm. this this late. Like even if we did it in October right before the season because the weight thing, because whoever lost the wrestle off was going to have to go up to 197 and that's you're putting on 15 pounds last minute you're kind of at a disadvantage so i told them that we're gonna have a wrestle off june 20th i'm gonna bring in a ref this is over this is at the end of last year over the summer we're gonna have a wrestle off june 20th i'm gonna bring in a ref we'll go best of three whoever wins gets to pick what weight they want to go and they came to me the next day and they said dylan's gonna go 84 and zach said i'm gonna go 97 i said okay so now it's bad. now it's solved and we just ran from there because i don't you just I, split the baby is that what you did they really they really yeah, yeah. they they made it easy on me um i without a like what i'm gonna say is very obvious but without a crystal ball in front of me i i saw many pros and cons for both them at either weight class hmm. so i didn't necessarily know what was better Zach at 84, 97 or Dylan at 84, 97. But what I thought would be best is if they thought they were at the right weight class and they made the decision. I think that's the best way it could have gotten handled. Saturday at the State Farm Center, you're hosting Purdue. For those who haven't been to a wrestling meet, what's the pitch? What are they going to see? And and what's the excitement of coming out and watching this Saturday? You're going to see turnbuckles and suplexes and Hulk Hogan (laughs) and... No, our our guys are they're they're training really hard right now and they're exciting. Uh, we got guys that are flashy, put up points, winning and fundamentals is first. But if they have a chance to to wow the crowd, they're going to do that. So I think if you if you come to the State Farm Center Saturday night, you're going to see great, exciting wrestling and the, just the promotion in between matches, the the entrances, the way the guys are walking out into the mat, the highlight tapes, the pump up stuff. It, it's really cool. I'm getting fired up <laughs> saying it. <laughs> and it's a it's a nighttime match as well, but. Uh, get done in time for the little ones if they got a bedtime on even on a Saturday night. Yeah, uh, you said done, seven p.m. So. Done approximately uh, eight between eight thirty and eight forty-five. Oh. No problem. We can get mm-hmm. home. We can get them in. No, e- easily. No, no problem. Uh, I hope that you you're talking about the energy that they're bringing. I hope you can match it, Mike. <laughs> I'm I, I I'm trying to. They're bringing it out of me. We had when we wrestled Wisconsin on Sunday. The the second to last kid needed to pin the kid to for us to really have a chance to win the duel and going out there at this level saying to pin a guy the pre- that pressure you might you might lose the match just trying to force pinning someone a lot of times you fall into that so our our second to last guy got a pin put us in a spot to win the match and i mean i i went back and saw it on the big 10 network i mean i i look there's there's smoke coming out of my ears how hard i'm flexing so i get i get pretty into it on the side I imagine you do. And we really enjoy uh, talking with you. Last time we talked with you in person, uh, you, you, you'd you lost a ping pong match to Brad Dancer. So you've got that to sit on through the whole year. I imagine you've been working hard. Every day. And up in your game. <laughs> Visualization, adult coloring books, meditating, all for <laughs> Brad Dancer. Eat some concrete for breakfast, too. Okay. Hey, you're welcome here anytime. Best of luck Saturday against Purdue at the State Farm Center. Thank you, guys. Mike Poeta, the... 
head coach of Illinois Wrestling. We are back to wrap in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Jackson Atkins from Rantoul Basketball. Friday night, it's Big Ten Basketball at State Farm Center. Illinois and Michigan State right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. All right, we're coming up on the finish of this edition of Sports Talk. We are back tomorrow. We will play two out of three tomorrow. Chance to win some dollars to the Esquire. And some women's hoops tickets to next Wednesday's game against Indiana for Pack the House. I don't really like it when sometimes when people mess with my traditions. Oh, and a tradition has been messed with. What is that? And I understand this is all business and sports, but uh, the Cubs are switching to Coca-Cola when you go to Wrigley Field. I I never knew it anything but Pepsi. I, I gotta be honest. Uh, I don't think I've bought a soda there in about five years, so I had no idea. Well, I know you do have to take out a second mortgage if you buy a soda at a Major League <laughs> Baseball game, but my point is is that when you went to the Cubs game, it was Pepsi. Mm. I saw I saw some Cubs fans having that, that same reaction, but, I mean, Coca-Cola is the brand. You, you want to be associated with Coca-Cola. Well... At least it's not RC Cola I, like the Bears. I, I, you know what? I will always have a soft spot in my heart for... RC because it, just, it makes me think of my dad. It makes he you feel, bought RC feel Coca-Cola. like you're nine again. Yeah, yeah, and, and we drank RC Coca-Cola around there. But Coke was part of the Cubs from 1927 to 1981, and then mm. they switched, and now they're back. So whatever. But as far as I've known in my lifetime, it's Pepsi. Right. I guess they're going back to the anyway. You just have to settle for an old it, style. It, it'd be like yeah, it'd be like if the the Cardinals were like yeah, let's let's start selling old style instead <laughs> of Bush or our butt. <laughs> Similar, but a, a little different. I I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. Mm, okay. Uh, we had a good day today. We appreciate Jeremy Warner in the first hour, Mike Poeta in the second hour, and we will be back tomorrow for more sports talk and you we appreciate you joining us thanks to ed bond on the other side as well for lauren tate and evan Kahn. i'm scott Beatty. this is news talk 1400 93.9 fm wdws champagne urbana it's six o'clock